0: Hello and welcome back to Petroma Therapy. It is the eighteenth of October, on Tuesday, twenty twenty-three. It is sweater weather in Dallas. What's the weather like where you
1: are? Hello there. It's been a while since we last spoke, and the weather has changed dramatically. It was really hot and we last spoke in september i guess and now it's almost snowing go figure i don't know if you have ever snow in texas well theoretically yeah
0: yeah, uh, dallas is in north texas so dallas gets snow and freezing pipes and no water and you can't the schools are closed and cars are sliding off the roads so uh they even had something called the ice apocalypse ice apocalypse oh. but uh, it's just sweater sweater weather here in Dallas and um you know well, so you you
1: you you, you have the studded tires in case it gets snowing again um, i have wet tires stud st- i don't know how to you call this when you have that little um, iron oh, things mean, how do you yeah, call
0: know we no, well they they call them uh snow chains we don't put
1: that on no components. no 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 not the change chances extreme i guess it's called stud tires i don't know how do you call them at where you're at, but uh mine some kind called, of n- and, called
0: firestone tires what they do is we don't put on special tires uh road crews come out and put some kind of salt Substance on the roads, and you kind of like drive over this salty stuff. But uh, anyhow, no. What
1: uh, I meant was what, what I what I meant was studed. S T U double It's like I know, the stud. Yeah, like stud muffin. Yeah, because they have metal studs or something like that embedded within the thread. Um, we we change it. I mean, every winter we get to change tires, but I'm not sure about Texas again. Maybe you don't have to.
0: Well, anyhow, it's wetter weather, and there's been shootings in Dallas. There's uh, shootings at the state fair. There's been shootings and bomb threats at schools. There's a lot of political activity going on in Dallas. It's actually quite a dangerous place. And uh, I was planning on taking an airplane trip for the holidays, uh, but now I've decided not to do that because there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kidnappings, actually. Uh, bomb threats to mosques to synagogues uh, in airports but anyhow uh uh you know the world world is kind of a mess so what we thought we'd do is just relax and read a short story and maybe drink water or have a beer or something like that what are, are you yeah, drinking anything? Yeah, I
1: think, yeah i'm thinking that the world is uh maybe it always has been but i think it's 50 50. it's a terrible place it's going it's going to become or maybe it's becoming a terrible place but then again maybe it's always been like that and i thought what if we don't talk about all these atrocities that's going on all happening happenings happening because there are so many so many uh sources to research that uh especially the new news agencies and news reports you just don't ever read news i mean you you have to stop the reading the news because if something happened they tell you anyway, you don't have to monitor it minute by minute. Nothing well, no, good comes out thing, of it.
0: No, the thing is is that I don't I don't have a television. I don't watch the news. I sometimes listen to NPR and the radio in my car, but on my on our phone, if there is a shooting within a five mile radius, on my phone it's a shooting alert. So Uh, uh, Okay, well, anyhow, moving right along, the story we're (laughs) going to talk about today is called The Umbrella, and some people may know this short story by a French writer named Guy de Maupassant. Uh, He is a French short story writer, and his story, The Umbrella, is about fear, loss, control, appearance, reality and satisfaction. So uh, when you hear the word, the umbrella, you might think of a short story by Guida Maupassant, or you might think about rain, or you might think about an uh, umbrella sort of protects you. So uh, how did you come across this story, the umbrella?
1: Yeah, that that's like that in no way, because the story I'm uh, thinking of is written by dutch lady i think because initially i thought that was dude's name but tov didlefsen not giddy son uh, or, so i just just for you to know uh just to be on the same page right because because the, the story i'm about to tell you um i came across accidentally two days ago when i was uh, i was reading actually i have to admit that that um, heels like wild animals written by um ernest Hemingway. It's close, I don't know, it's just uh, it's close to my, really spoke to me. And I thought, why don't I read it again? Uh, and I Googled it and, and then there was another immediately after this called The Umbrella. Uh, it looked like written by him. And I thought, wow, that's a great short story. I mean, I even better than The Heels Like Wild Animals. And I read it all the way through. Uh, it's not really long, I know you haven't finished it, uh, but I read it all the way through, it's like five pages, A4 and i liked it and, and 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 at the end i i just discovered it wasn't written by hemingway it was written by dutch writer uh in 16th, I guess, you? or in 70s how did, how did that make you feel <laughs> well that that made me that made me feel uh pleased i was not unpleased shall i say that i was not unpleased because the story somehow spoke to me too it's kind of warm and uh, bad relationships, which we all crave to have the good ones i mean not not just any relationships Uh, and uh i thought wow that's that's a good story and i was about to maybe i was thinking maybe i should read it out loud but then again i'm not native speaker i thought what if we uh wouldn't that be great if someone who's uh native in english could 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 somehow narrate it uh but then i googled it and didn't find anything though there, there was many other stories called the umbrella as well including the game of you've just mentioned i didn't read it i don't know if it's good or bad uh but i liked it and i i sent link to you in the new yorker and you said that you liked it too at least half of it because you haven't finished it yet and I was glad that I've shared something good with somebody else and, and the oh, on this planet, okay. and I mean, that means you, because well, I didn't, I didn't send thanks. it to anybody else. Thank and, you uh, for choosing me. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> thanks for sharing. Is that what thanks they say your- in in the, in the church?
0: Okay. Well, thanks for sharing. They say that in uh, therapy, uh, someone tells a horrible story about something like Alcoholics Anonymous or Drug Addiction Anonymous. And then someone tells some horrible story uh, or Sex Addiction Anonymous. And the therapist just says, thanks for sharing. The next person tells some horrible story about something awful. So I think (laughs) listening is an important part of, of therapy. And we want our listeners to know that we are not professional therapists. We are semi-professional readers. And uh, we like to read. This story, uh, uh, I, I will call her first name Tove. It looks like Tove, like love, T-O-V-E, Tove. is from a collection called The Trouble with Happiness. And uh, it was part of a... Collection called the Copenhagen Trilogy, and it was published by Penguin uh, Publishers. And I, I have been to Copenhagen uh, some years ago. There's a little mermaid sitting ever so, you know, carefully on a rock. And I like the food in Denmark, but maybe we'll talk about food on another on another time. Um, the story or the collection, the Copenhagen trilogy or the trouble with happiness. Some of these stories were reissued in 2019 and, um, the, the style, as you said, is very much like Hemingway. It's, it's short staccato sentences and there are some autobiographical details in the story, uh, including some, references to depression, troubled relationships, pregnancies, unwanted pregnancies. And as you mentioned, The Hills Like White Elephants and also The Cat in the Rain by Hemingway, they also deal with um, you know these themes. Some people say that this collection is auto fiction, which means it's sort of autobiographical. It's, it is fiction but um this story starts off with um well why don't
1: you just be, re- be, before we continue can i can i make a comment please sure yeah you, you said we're not professional so i thought well that really doesn't matter because if it helps if you feel better after we talk and if you get some load off your shoulders. I mean, what's the difference if it's a professional or not professional therapy, uh, as long as it helps? Uh, that was my first thought. And the second was the New Yorker website, uh, which I opened to read this story says, you are reading, I mean, you means me, you are reading your last free article. Actually, that's my first one. I've ever read any article in New York. And they sell tweak week, 12 weeks for $30 or $6 It's a discount, I guess. And cancel anytime. Subscribe now. I, I don't know. Well,
0: you, can, do you can try to sub, cancel. Uh, several months ago, we did a an, an episode about subscriptions and trying to unsubscribe. unsubscribe. But I like to go to a bookstore and just pick up a copy of The New Yorker. There's a lot of half price bookstores in Dallas, the mothership is here, thousands and thousands of real books and magazines. But yeah, I mean, if you wanna subscribe to this online, you can subscribe and uh, you can read it on your Kindle or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I was actually feeling pretty good when you contacted me. And then as I started to read the story, <laughs> I feel worse. Because, you know, because, you know, well, women have a body and women have to deal with being able to have children or not, or suddenly finding out that they're pregnant or suddenly finding out that the pregnancy they wanted isn't going to happen. So, I don't know. I mean, I think men are always having fun during sex, but women are often worried.
1: Well, um... I can can relate. I can relate because we we have women at where I come from. And uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right. You're right.
0: Okay, well, you know, what's interesting is I'm pulling up this article you sent me and it starts like this. Helga had always unreasonably expected more from life than it could deliver. People like her live among us, not different differing conspicuously from those who instinctively settle their affairs and figure out precisely how, given their looks, their abilities, and their environment, they can do what they need to do in the world. With respect to these three factors, Helga was averagely equipped. When she was put on the marriage market, she was slightly too small, slightly too drab, A young woman with narrow lips, a turned up nose, her only promising feature, a pair of large questioning eyes, which an attentive observer might have called dreamy. But Helga would have been embarrassed if anyone had asked her what she was dreaming about. She had never demonstrated a special talent of any kind. She had done adequately in public school and had shown good longevity at her domestic jobs. She didn't mind working hard. In her family, that was a natural thing, such as breathing. For the most part, she was accommodating, quiet, without being withdrawn. In the evening, she went to the dance halls with a couple of girlfriends. They each had a soda and looked for partners. If they had sat for a long time without an offer, her girlfriends grew eager to dance with anyone who asked, even a man with a hunchback. But Helga just started stared absentmindedly around the venue, and if she saw a man who appealed to her, those who did always had dark hair and brown eyes. She gazed at him so steadily, unguarded and serious, that he could not help but notice her. If someone other than her chosen one approached her, this didn't happen very often, she looked down at her lap, blushed slightly and awkwardly excused herself. I don't dance. A few tables away, a pair of brown eyes would observe this unusual sight. Here was a girl who wasn't going to fall for the first man who came along.
1: Do you want to read a little bit? Uh, Actually, I was I was gonna, first of all, tell you how great your reading is and also tell you, ask you maybe to continue reading because cause you're doing great. And, and uh, also, I was gonna ask you, do you have, I mean, do you know if they like, have the reading exercises at actual therapy? Because cause I feel great just listening from you. like. I don't know
0: if that makes well, any yeah. sense or
1: not, but but maybe you you you're also having a good time reading it, and if that works for both of us, why don't we continue?
0: Well, yes, I I know that when I was in the classroom, uh, sometimes uh, at the first five or six minutes of class, it's a busy time when students are bustling around, and quite often I would just turn the lights off in my classroom. And tell the students, these were either high school or college students, just to put their heads down. And then I would just read to them and they would take a nap. And then while I was reading, I would take the roll because I can read out loud and take roll at the same time because there's a seating chart. But... uh, You know, just like this woman in the story, she uses her eyes to kind of control what's going on, and they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. So let's see what happens as she set her glance upon this fellow with dark eyes and dark hair. Over time, many small infatuations rippled the surface of her mind, like the spring breeze that makes new leaves tremble without changing their life's course. The man would follow her home and kiss a pair of cold, closed lips, which she refused to open in any kind of submission. Helga was very conventional. It wasn't that she wouldn't surrender before marriage, but she had it in her head that she would have a ring on and would present the chosen man to her parents before it came to that. The ones who were too impatient or not interested enough to wait for this ceremony went away more or less disappointed. Sometimes she felt a little pang at those moments, but she soon forgot about it in her life's rhythm of work, sleep, and new evenings with new possibilities. I just wanted to mention but, that this uh, Danish story is tra- uh, written by a woman is translated by Michael Fafala Goldman, and, and he, he is a man translating this story. Let's see what happens. Well, that was until the age of 23, she met Egon, E-G-O-N. He fell in love with her singularity, that indefinable quality, which only a few people notice and even fewer judged an asset. Egon was a mechanic and was interested in soccer, playing the numbers, pool, and girls. But since every love struck individual is brushed by wing beats from a higher level of the atmosphere, it so happened that this commonplace person started reading poetry and expressing himself in ways that would have made his buddies at the shop gape and wonder if they had heard him. Later, he looked back on this time as if he had caught a severe illness, which left its mark on him for the rest of his life. But for as long as it lasted, he was proud of and delighted by Helga's carefully preserved chastity. And when they had put rings and the presentation to her family was over, he took ownership of his property on the prepared divan in his rented room. Everything was how it was supposed to be. She hadn't tricked him. Satisfied. He fell asleep, leaving Helga in a rather confused state. She cried a bit because here, in particular, she'd been expecting something extraordinary. Her tears were pointless since her path had now been determined. The wedding date had been set, supplies had been gathered, and she had given notice at her job because Egon wouldn't have her scrubbing other people's floors after they were married. Her friends were appropriately jealous. Her parents were content. Egon was a skilled laborer and therefore slightly higher up in the world than her father who had taught her never to lower herself but not to cook up fantasies either.
1: That no, who, who Whoever whoever did the translation, they they did the good job.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. Mm. There are a couple of things I would change, but yeah, I like it. I like the name Egon. Mm. It's kind of like Igor. Igor is kind of a spooky name. I always think of Stravinsky and other Igors. Do you know yeah, any that's Igors? A
1: Russian Russian name Igor?
0: There's Igor then there's Egon. So Igor was here, but Egon left. No, that's not true.
1: (laughs) I like Helga. I like the name Helga. Makes me think of German woman.
0: I think of a woman who's kind of heavy set and she's cooking and she has a wooden spoon and she's going to chase naughty children around the kitchen with her
1: spoon. Well, that, that's that's like the image I have in my mind in in, in Norway. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: thinking of Svelte Helga <laughs> at the at the end of the
1: bar, <laughs> dangling her leg over the. Uh, no, the I, I'm thinking when I think when I say the name Helga, I'm thinking of a woman like tennis player, like Olympian, Olympic level tennis player, a female tennis player. Named Helga, or uh, an ski champion, something like that.
0: Yeah, but even those Helgas become old women with a spoon in the kitchen.
1: No, they don't. They don't. In (laughs) in my mind, they never, they never get old. They
0: never age. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That evening, Helga had no clear premonition that something fateful was happening to her. Even so, she lay awake for a long time without thinking of anything in particular. When she was half asleep, a strange desire came drifting into her consciousness. If I only had an umbrella, she thought. It occurred to her that suddenly that this item, which for certain people was just a natural necessity, was something she had dreamed of her whole life. As a child, she had filled her Christmas wish list with sensible, affordable things like a doll, a pair of roller skates, red mittens. But then, when the gifts were lying under the tree Christmas Eve, she'd been gripped by an ecstasy of expectations. She looked at the boxes as if they held the meaning of life itself. Her hands had shaken as she opened them afterwards she sat crying over the doll the mittens the roller skates you ungrateful child her mother insisted you always ruin it for us which was true because the next christmas the scene would repeat itself helga never knew what she was expecting to find inside those festive looking packages maybe once she had written umbrella on her wish list and not receive one. It would have been ridiculous to give her such a trivial and superfluous superfluous thing. Her mother had never owned an umbrella. You took the wind and the weather as it came, without imagining you could indulgently protect your precious hair and skin from rain, which spared nothing else. Helga eventually turned her attention to her role as a fiancée, and together with her mother carried out the customary duties. Yet, sometimes she would lay awake next to Egon or in the bed in the maid's room in the house where she worked nursing her dream of owning an umbrella. A certain image started to form in her mind which gave her secret desire a forbidden, irresponsible tinge and cast a delicate, impalpable veil over her expression throughout the day, causing her fiance to exclaim with jealousy and irritation, as if he suspected her of some kind of infidelity. What are you thinking about? What she answered, I am thinking about an umbrella. And with convincing seriousness, he said, you're crazy. By then, he had stopped reading poetry. He never mentioned her dreamy eyes anymore, which didn't mean that he was disappointed. It was just that now she was a permanent part of his life and his routine. She sat through countless soccer matches with him without ever grasping what it was about. What made people shout, hooray, or fall silent? The image that arose from her memory was this. She was about 10, sitting in the window of the family bedroom, looking down into the courtyard, which was illuminated with a weak glow by the light over the back stairs. She was in her nightgown. She should have been in bed, but she had developed the habit before going to sleep of sitting there for a few minutes and staring into the night without thinking about anything, while a gentle peace erased the events of the day from her mind. All at once she saw the gate open and across the wet cobblestones of the courtyard onto which raindrops splashed in an excited rhythm, strolled a pretty dreamlike creature. Her long yellow dress nearly touched the ground and high above her profusion of silky blonde curls. Floated an umbrella. It was not like the one Helga's grandmother used—round, black, and dome-shaped with a solid handle. But it was a flat, bright, translucent thing, which seemed to complement the person who carried it, like a butterfly's radiant wings. She had just a brief glimpse, and then the courtyard was dirted, deserted as before but Helga's heart was pounding with strange excitement. She ran into the living room where her mother and father were sitting. A lady was walking across the courtyard, she said softly, and then she added with awe and admiration. She had such a nice umbrella. She stood there barefoot, blinking into the night. The familiar room, which lacked anything with a comparable essence, now seemed to her cramped and poor. Her mother looked surprised. A lady, she asked. And the corners of her mouth turned downward, as they often did when something displeased or bothered her. It's that girl next door, she said sharply. It's scandalous. Then Helga's father turned to her with a flash of angry anger. Why the devil are you sitting, staring out the window when you should be in bed? He yelled. Get in there and go to sleep.
1: Do you have any I'm, I'm really liking. I'm really liking the story.
0: Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking is the cat in the rain. There's that American couple that are upstairs, and she looks into the courtyard and sees this little cat in the rain. And she wants to go down and rescue the cat, and it's kind of interesting—not not that this author read Hemingway, but there are some parallels of, you know, freedom and flight and wanting to
1: protect someone and and just. It know. does look similar. That's why I told you when I read it, I thought, "Wow, that's not a nice story written by Hemingway," which turned out to be wrong.
0: But you know, I think Hemingway gave people permission to write semi-autobiographical stories and also to use the short sentences and lots of very uh, specific descriptive details like when she's describing the umbrella as if it's the wings of a butterfly anybody who reads this story in any language will feel light and bright and like I'll never be able to look at an umbrella again without thinking like well you know it's not just protecting me from the rain but maybe it's some kind of magical
1: magical thing i don't know yeah I thought, I thought, me, me too because i was thinking when you were reading it i was thinking well there is kind of symbolism here because umbrellas should stand for something which women subconsciously might be dreaming about or thinking about And i thought what could that be and i couldn't come and answer Unless uh, thinking of Freud. What would Freud say? Yeah, that's,
0: what, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I had only read about the first two paragraphs. As I'm reading it now, I've never read this part before. But when I first read it, and, you know, she's saving herself to marriage. And she wants to give herself to a man who loves her. And he's writing some poetry. And, you know, he's, he's going to get the girl of his dreams. And, you know, he's a basic mechanic. And, you know, the umbrella is right there as they're talking about chastity and purity and saving yourself for marriage. So, mm-hmm. you know, Magritte, the uh, painter said, uh, you know, this is not a pipe. And, you know, mm-hmm. Gertrude Stein said, a rose is a rose is a rose. And Freud would say, yeah, any kind of like long sticks, umbrellas, pipes, poles, possibly could could be more than that. Maybe, maybe it's a, a man part so
1: well let's continue she had oh, bef- 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 before we continue can i i hope it's not too implied or something because because i thought maybe we should schedule the continuation of the story for 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 the next session because because the the 45 minutes i had just expired and uh um, oh, the I, I just I don't want to offend you in any way, but, but uh, I would really, really love to continue just that I can't do it right now. Would that be okay? That sounds, like, we, no,
0: that sounds good because I have not read the whole story, and there's quite a bit more, and I think it's best to stop while, while everything's good. So thanks for listening, thank and we hope that our, our listeners will come back for the second part of this reading. Goodbye for now. Thank
1: you. Bye for now.